salutations and shit folks welcome 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 to another episode of your new trip favorite travel podcast travel and shit where i your lovely host have an experiential conversation about the ways that i have found that travel is so much more than vacation so this week I am going to be discussing, obviously, some lessons learned along the way because I always try to drop some gems for you. But I want to get into some of the year and the items that I absolutely do not leave behind. I find that I have gotten a few questions about things that I consistently travel with, and I've also... Um, heard from you guys on the Instagrams and um, quite a few of you are interested in some of the items that I love and keep dear to me while I'm abroad. So here we is giving the people what they want. So um, if you aren't already head over to the social medias, um, T-R-A-V-E-L, the letter N-S-H underscore T on Instagram. And uh, if you just put in travel and shit, you can find me on um, Facebook as well. I have a Twitter. I don't tweet. I'm working on figuring out how the Twitter's works now because um, this isn't the Twitter that I used to know. Anyway, back to the gear. Um, oh, I say all that to say, you can find photos of some of the items that I've been um mentioning on social media, as well as the items that I'm mentioning in this episode. And be sure to head over to travelshippodcast.com for other travel resources at your disposal. So first on my list is a backpack. Let me tell y'all something. The lesson learned, one of those things that you already knew, but just really sometimes feels good to have reinforced, um, any load gets lighter when you have help carrying it. Like that, right? Um, I'm certain uh, quite a few of you have heard that before, but literally you do not want to ruin what would otherwise be an enjoyable, comfortable, really fun and easy hike by trying to bring the things that you kind of need to have with you while you're hiking, whether it be water, snacks, um, a jacket, um, protective gear, uh, whatever you are bringing with you for whatever the purpose of your hike may be. You do not want to spend part of that trip, either one, being uncomfortable because you have the wrong backpack, or two, having to readjust and um, shift the way you're carrying said load. Unfortunately, where was the, I was in Alberta. I was wearing, I posted this one on Instagram. I was wearing this really, really cute backpack. It's a, I guess a knit book bag that I got in Costa Rica. Love the thing. I carry it so many places, right? Super cute, but it is one of those bags that does not have adjustable straps. So if you weigh the bag down with a bunch of shit, the bag is basically like sitting on my ass and it's pulling on my back. So I tried to, uh, I made it through the first day of hiking cause I didn't know any better. We did like nine miles, maybe nine and a half miles that 
maybe first or second day that we, I think it was the second day that we had gotten there. And baby, let me tell you something. Beautiful views, had a great time, mad fun. I would not have had the same fun, I don't think, had I not had my homegirl there to distract me from the discomfort that was carrying that backpack. Cause I had water, I would um, put my jacket in there because we were there, I wanna say in October. So it was cold, but once you start walking for a while, you know, you warm up and we dressed in layers because we knew that once we start moving, we were going to heat up and we wanted to be able to, you know, dress appropriately and comfortably throughout the entire day. So you bring a backpack, you bring something large that you don't mind carrying so that you can put all that extra shit in there when you need to take it off. So learned that lesson. One of our shopping trips, which I was very grateful for in this instance, I ended up buying a backpack. I uh, Not just a backpack, but a, uh, a, a bag for hiking, period. I knew that it would be a great investment for me, especially considering that I do hike while I'm in New York. I'm not like a every weekend kind of hiker. Let's not get carried away. But I do really, really enjoy linking up with my girls and going for a nice hike. That being said... I have a, I want to say it's, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's D-A-N-K-I-E, I I want to say, Danky or Danky. I can't think of any other way to say it. Um, However, I enjoy it very much. It just feels so much better and it makes it makes hiking so much more enjoyable. I'm trying to think, did I have, no, I don't think I had it when I went to Bali I don't think I had anticipated going on a hike. Um, But I, listen, if you are going on a trip where you know you will have at least more than one day, or if you're going on a moderate to difficult hike, or if you know that you are of a certain age and your knees ain't what they used to be, or your back does things and your neck does things every once in a while, save yourself the heartache, save yourself the trouble of having, you know, discomfort, aches, pains that you don't need to have and have good year. Um, next lesson I learned, always have a portable battery pack. So you would think like, you know, outlets everywhere. Um, not the case, especially not in, um, everybody's community and, and not in every, not just every country, but not in every establishment. Like you go to a restaurant, sometimes you don't necessarily have a hostess that can go plug your phone in, or you may not trust that you ask someone, someone to plug your phone in and you get it back for you. From, um, and you get it back from them. That being said, be able to charge your own shit. There's nothing like being on the subway and needing your phone to tell you what train stop to get off at, and you can barely speak the language of the place that you're in, and you're reliant on you know your Google Maps or you're reliant on Google Translate, and your battery's dying. I learned this sadly in Barcelona. I was on an all day three country tour, had a bomb time. And mind you, I had a portable charger. However, I used it up. So shout out to good old iPhone. This was probably uh, maybe two phones ago, but I always charge before I leave for the day. 
I had my portable charger, but it obviously wasn't a good enough one. I only had about one charge in it and my battery between all the photos taking, the texting or phone calls and, you know, you're on Instagram and Facebook killing time on this bus. So all of that um, usage, I ended up really not having any battery probably hours before my day was going to be done. But I knew that I was running low on juice. So I thankfully had the wherewithal to get a pen and find some paper and jot down the address of the Airbnb I was staying at so that whenever I did get into a taxi, I could give them the address because I wouldn't be able to get into my phone to get the address for where I was staying. Um, I always have a pen on me. I generally have some kind of paper or a napkin or something, or I'll write it on my hand if it really comes down to it. But I could not, I did not have my pen on me at that time because of course it was in another bag. Like I had it in my backpack, but I was carrying like a pocketbook or something instead of my, you know, the backpack that I travel on the plane with. So that was also harder to come by than I expected. I expected to be able to find a pen, like plenty of people just have a pen or a pencil on them. Took me like an hour to find somebody that would lend me a pen. And I was with someone that spoke Spanish much better than I did. So that it's not like, you know, and then also in any language, if you go like this, you can, someone I think for the most part understands that you want to write something down and you can work that out. Right. But, um, the lesson wasn't to, you know, have a battery pack and, you know, that jazz because I did all that, but it just didn't end up working out for the length of time that I needed it to work. What the lesson I did learn in this one was be present in the moment. I, not having my cell phone forced me to pay attention to like more of what was going on around me. So there's that level of paying attention where you're aware of your surroundings, where you are, keen to hearing any, you know, rise or lower in sound to hear if the people that are talking change their, um, argument from a conversation to an argument perhaps, or if somebody is yelling in the background, is this a ha ha ha, I'm yelling because I'm laughing or is a, oh, I'm yelling because something's wrong. So there's a certain level of awareness that you always have, whether you have a phone, whether you don't have a phone, talking to somebody, watching something, whatever, whatever. The majority of us know how to be aware of what's going on without being, you know, hyper in tuned with every living being around us. Right. But because I did not have my phone, I had to just stick it in my bag, put it in my pocket and then just be present with, I don't know, the people around me. It was such a weird experience, if you will because I am very conscious of making sure that I'm not over photographing. I don't want to take pictures of everything. I don't want to have a million pictures of what's going on, but no memory of what's going on. So I try my best to split the difference. I like having photos for memories. And just because I've always been that person that takes photos back when disposable cameras were a thing, I was that friend that always had a camera on them. And I, you know, a little job at a pharmacy and I used to always get my little, uh, prints developed and loved it. So I've always been a person that liked capturing memories with photo, with photographs. 
But I've learned that it is very easy to get caught up in the right angle, the right shot, getting the right lighting and all the other, you know, metrics you put into gauging whether or not a photo is going to be good, right? I'm also that friend that will hit you with the angles, the right lighting. I'm going to tell you, nope, the light source is going to be to my back, not your back, so that we can illuminate you. I'm, I'm the friend you want to take your picture. Mental note that we can revisit that at another time. That being said, sometimes you forget that you're capable of taking those photos with your brain, with your eyes. Just look. Learn to develop the practice of taking those photographs with your mind. It sounds probably a lot more um, deep than I want it to be, but learn to remember things or learn to um, appreciate things without having to document them. I really, really, really will absolutely cherish the experience I had in Barcelona. I'll never forget that. I can't remember the woman's name that I was with, but we um, got really friendly on the bus and we ended up after going on the, um, the day tour where we were able to see Northern Spain. We did France and we did Andorra. Beautiful trip. Had a great time. Now, after we got back to the drop-off location, we had already agreed that, oh, it's mad early. Let's find something to do. So we hopped on the subway and, well, the metro, and we um, went, I don't even know where the hell it was, but it was by the water. There was a huge Ferris wheel not too far away from it. And uh, there was like a big bazaar, like open market with um, stands where they sell souvenirs. They had food. They had uh, music and dancing. There were a ton of like, I guess you could say like community groups that were performing. And there were, uh, a lot of different flamenco dancers. And I'll never forget. We stopped and we sat at one like little show and it was incredible. I used to dance when I was younger. I danced for years, about 20 years, give or take. And we used to be that community group that would come out and dance for somebody's special occasion or for somebody's, um, you know, event. And it really had me reminisce back to those days and wonder like, cause I was like in my bag, like watching them dance. I'm like, yo, they are so good. Like I'm feeling everything that they're trying to express through this performance. And I'm like crying, I'm crying. But like, it's a, it's a good, powerful, wow, I'm really touched cry. But at the same time, I'm like, you ain't going to have me out here looking like a victim, right? So I'm trying to pull it together. There's another uh, hack that'll help you with that later in this list. But I remember being so emotionally um, tied to this experience. And I think that I was really able to connect that way to the experience because I viewed it without any interruptions. I viewed it through my own personal lens and not the lens of my camera. I wasn't recording it. I wasn't taking pictures. I was 100% present in the moment. So I have a very vivid memory of how I felt. I have a very vivid memory of, you know, all the colors and the community around me. Now, vivid in my world when it comes to memories is not uh, detailed per se. I don't have a photographic memory. So don't um, 
let me fool you into thinking that if you really try hard enough, you'll have a photographic memory. That's not what I'm saying to you. What I'm saying to you is I'm able to very easily remember what it looked like, what it felt like, and what it, the just the overall like energy that I was experiencing in that moment. And I had the same experience, not the same, but a similar experience in uh, Costa Rica. We were do. I was on a horseback ride and we were walking, you know, riding the horses through the jungle. Rider in front of me, rider behind me. Great trip. Some of the most incredible, most beautiful views. I'm looking from being inside the jungle, like out through some trees over to see like the expanse of the rest of the terrain with mountains, volcanoes in the background, these beautiful tropical birds flying through, picturesque. I will absolutely never forget that view. Now, I can't detail you how close the tree was or how far up we were or, you know, the color of the ground. I don't know if it was dirt, if it was grass, uh, whatever, that doesn't matter. But I've got the picture in my memory. And what I'm trying to express to you is that it doesn't have to be a cleared and detailed exact replica, but as long as you can close your eyes and see it as if you were kind of there, it it's, you've got the picture in your heart, if you will. That's the best way that I can explain it to you. When it hits, it hits. And if you've had that experience, I'm certain that this is resonating with you. And it's something that I don't need a photo to remind me of. Same thing in Bali. We were driving up. I was on the back of this little motorcycle moped thing. And I was going to see, um, I can't pronounce, I don't remember how to pronounce it, but it's essentially uh, Gates of Heaven. And so you basically drive into the parking lot and if there's no, like they, I guess, alert you down from the, like the lower level parking lot, if there's parking or not higher up closer to the temple. So we already knew there was no parking down there. So they have these guys that are sitting around just waiting for people to show up and they'll ride you up on a bike for like a small fee. I will never forget. We hit one bend and the view opened up because you have to ride up, uh, I guess it's a mountain but we're riding up the path and the view opened up like the trees on the side of the road opened up and you could see again, so much jungle forest, rainforest. I know that the biologists of you that are out there know what the difference is. Unfortunately, I do not. So all the trees, y'all, there was, it was just incredibly beautiful. And I remember seeing the mountains in the backdrop, the sky, it was like a perfectly clear day. And I will never forget that I, I had such an immediate and strong sense of gratitude to just be present in this moment, to be able to see this. It's like you... I come, I'm from Queens and we ain't got no mountains here, which is fine. We can, I can drive maybe an hour in almost any direction and 
you know, have incredible scenery, you know, there are plenty of beautiful things to see in New York. So it's not that seeing beautiful things is like new to me, like, oh, wow. It's just that every time you see something beautiful, regardless of whether or not you've seen something beautiful or not before, you always appreciate it. And in that moment, I was just so grateful to be able to see so many beautiful things around the world. And it was that not taking out my camera. It was that not having my phone attached to me and being so um, dedicated to capturing everything in photo. So the first time I learned that was in Barcelona. That was one of my earlier trips. I think that was maybe the second time I'd left the country for the first time. I mean, that was probably the second trip after I'd left the country for the first time. But um, that being said, that trip, that time my battery died while I was out, even after having the appropriate gear, gear I learned the lesson that, you know, be ready, you know, be adaptable and perfect uh, segue to the next point, but be adaptable, be able to write shit down and go on with the trip. You don't have to let something going wrong, you know, um, fuck up the whole plan, be present and experience what is going on around you for what it is and trust that you've got the good enough sense to figure everything out afterwards. That leads me into the next um, item that I don't travel without is a universal adapter. Like that little outlet that the, that the adapter that changes the outlet for you. I promise y'all the same way neck pillows. I always forget these things. I've probably, I've probably got like six of them around the house, universal adapters that, you know, if you need one, hit me up. Okay. Uh, at this point, I can't say that, you know, they're not readily available. You just got to realize that you don't have it before you leave the airport. Once you get out of the airport, that's when it may be a little bit harder to find them depending on where you're staying, obviously. Also know that you're going to likely pay more for it because if you buy it in the airport, they know that you don't have it so they can charge you whatever the fuck they want to charge you for it. If you want to order it on Amazon, that's a different story. You can find them for about $10. But if you're in the airport, they can charge you $20 because they know where else you're going to get it. You're going to look for one. Now, if you've got the uh, ability to look for one, or if you're in an area where you know it may be found, or if you reach out to your um, Airbnb host and let them know that you, um, you know, need an out, uh, an adapter, or if you call the hotel, or I'm certain like a lot of accommodation, um, yeah, accommodations will accommodate you. That being said, though, the overall lesson in that is be adaptable and also don't be afraid to ask for help. I've found plenty of Airbnbs that actually just have them there for their guests because that's one of the things people always forget. Also, I'm certain that they've collected a few from other travelers that have left those behind while they're traveling. So um, the universal outlet slash adapter lesson in that like I said, it was a good segue. Be adaptable. You could forget something and either find it while you're abroad or make do without it. Now the adapter, 
I'm not going to go an entire week without, you know, my cell phone. So if I couldn't figure out how to find an adapter, the next bet is you just find out how to buy another charger. You buy another charger. Um, I promise you, you're not the only person with, you know, needs. Even if your needs can't be met exactly, even if you can't find, say, another uh, outlet, uh, what do you say? Uh, what do you call the thing? I'm If you see me on the YouTube, I'm, I tend to talk on my hands when I'm looking for the actual words as if that helps. If the input for uh, the charger, like say you can't find an iPhone charger someplace, if you could find somebody that's got one of those charging mats, that could work. Like think outside the box. Just because it's what you have or just because you're used to using it a certain way doesn't necessarily mean that that is the way it always has to work. There are other ways to get things done. And that kind of goes along with part of the lesson that I took from consistently leaving adapters behind is that just because you're used to something is, I think I just said that, but just because you're used to something doesn't mean that's how it works everywhere. So even though we've got outlets everywhere and you kind of know the social norm or the acceptable, you know, places to use outlets, right? Like you're not going to just walk into somebody's house and plug your shit in. You generally ask them first, right? Kind of the same thing with like establishments and businesses. Like if I'm at a restaurant and there's an outlet right next to me, I'm gonna plug that bitch in. Cause I'm paying you for the meal. I'm pretty sure you'll be okay with me plugging my phone in. But you realize that even if I'm, I remember that happened in, um, where was I? I was in Austria and I needed to uh, charge my phone. I ended up having my uh, adapter with me. So I was able to plug it into the wall while I was eating my food. Worked out perfectly. But social norms aren't necessarily normal everywhere. Just because something is a social norm where you are doesn't mean that that is normal where you are traveling to. So be aware of those kinds of things, but also just always, always, always remember that just because you're used to something does not mean that that is the only way it works. Think outside the box and be aware of being in other people's space. If there is a norm that you're not comfortable with in a certain area, by all means, remove yourself if possible. There are certain It's not that you have to uh, tolerate and accept mistreatment or, you know, unsafe conditions. But my point is something as simple as um, toilet paper. Toilet paper isn't in everybody's bathroom everywhere in the world. That being said, what are you going to do? Not pee? You're not going to use the bathroom because the toilets don't come with toilet paper wherever you are? No, you figure it out, right? So it's... That that is the um one of the really really important things. If you don't remember anything else, figure it out. Do not be stuck in your rut. I learned about all of this stuff that I know not to leave behind, or I know that I'm better served when I have with me, because I've had instances where, damn, they came in so clutch, and I realized this was a really good thing to have. I'm never going to leave home without it. Or I've absolutely left home without it and realized, damn, things aren't as easy as they could be. I'm going to make sure that I do my best to remember X item for the next time. So what do I have next? Um, Umbrella. I always, always, 
always, even in regular life back home, I always have a small umbrella that I travel with because I don't like getting caught out there. I also like to travel with shoes that are water resistant or okay in water. Excuse me. That would be the pair of shoes that I wear on the plane because those are usually heavier. So those would be, um, actually have a pair of gold chucks that are rubber. And I think I have a pair of, uh, palladium boots. I don't know what kind of boots they are, but they're both really cute. They're both, um, the kind of shoes that I would kind of wear with anything. And I basically do They're neutral colors. So they go with so many different outfits and I will wear those on the plane and then put like lighter shoes, like flip-flops sandals, or maybe like another pair of chucks or something or sneakers in my bag when I'm, you know, packing. But that being said, the umbrella always comes with me. It's small. I have one small enough that it will fit in the crossbody bag that I carry with me so that I'm ready to go for anything. I learned in Rome that rain does not have to stop the show. It can make things a little more difficult or it may slow you down, but it doesn't mean that you can't go outside. I spent an entire day, I want to say, I think it rained most of one. It was like an off and on kind of thing, but it did rain quite a bit while I was in Rome. And it was also a little bit cold, so that made it less than comfortable. But I say all that to say, carry an umbrella. Rain ain't going to kill you. I don't know what your hair does, but I don't have any hair. So, you know, that's a bonus for me. But if you are in an area where you think you're going to swim, I don't, know if you know everybody's I don't know how to best put it water ain't everybody's friend I don't mind getting wet so I make sure that I at least have items that make it more comfortable for me when I do get wet because I ain't spend x amount of dollars or however much I spent to get to this destination and to be in this beautiful area and to have whatever experiences that I've booked to be stuck in the house if I don't have to be, especially if it's not a really heavy rain, y'all. And also remember that just because it's raining where you are right now doesn't mean that it's raining somewhere else in a uh, neighboring area or someplace that you may want to visit or um, go so that you can do whatever it is you're gonna do in the day. So you could just as easily have, you know, um, check the weather for a beach that is far enough away where, you know, it's not raining or you can, um, do that day shit that's inside, but either way, carry an umbrella. They have, I personally like my totes umbrella because it doesn't as easily do that, uh, flip on the outside, you know, when the, uh, the wind blows and it blows the umbrella the other way. So I like mine and it's worked very well for me and I've been very comfortable um traveling about but yeah I learned in Rome you can have so much fucking fun in the rain like inconvenience doesn't have to make it impossible that was the lesson that I learned there inconvenience does not make it impossible and you you know hide under little, you know, awnings, you duck into, you know, the doorway of a closed store or restaurant. Um, 
you know, you happen, you walk into a little shop or you go to a bakery or someplace that serves whatever food it is you like, you sit and people watch. You can find a new approach to so many things when you get a little bit of a wrench thrown in your plans. So your plan may have been to walk around town and really sightsee and, you know, enjoy outside or go to a park or go to the beach. But consider if you're in a city that's got businesses that you can walk to, or even like, you know, uh, drive to, if you've rented a car or take a taxi to bus train, whatever, how the fuck you going to get there? Go to a restaurant, people watch, go someplace where you have a good view of the street, walk around locally so that, you know, if it's not that bad, you can pop into stores and really get a feel for what's going on. But it's a feel for the world. You would think the way I view it is as a local, right? When you're home, you don't not go to work because it rains. If you've got a, a doctor's appointment, you don't not go to the doctor's appointment because it rains. If you're planning to go to the movies on a certain day, you don't not go because it's raining. So why would you get 4,000 miles away and not do something because it's raining. Sometimes it pays to do some of the shit you do at home while you're on vacation. I think that was like two lessons in that one. All right, so the next part is um, clothing. A couple of things that I always pack with me when I am going to um, be someplace else. I always, always, always bring at least one or two pairs of leggings. One, because... Some places, when it gets colder at night, I don't want to be sitting on, um, you know, the bed or in the chair or whatever and be cold. And I don't want to be in the bed. Like if I want to sit someplace or if I want to sit outside and it's cold or some shit like that, or if I just want to run to, I don't know, the lobby if I'm in a hotel, or if you just need to throw something on, I love a good pair of leggings. You could run out, get you some coffee, come back to the uh, wherever you're staying and get stuff done, situated and wait or whatever. But if you need to pop out or if it just gets cold at night or for some reason the weather isn't what you expected it to be, you have some way to easily make yourself comfortable. I always travel with jeans. However, like when I'm on the plane, I always wear jeans. Like I basically have a... a flight uniform. This is basically my flight uniform, but not the same. Like I always wear a white tee, blue jeans, and whatever the heaviest pair of shoes I'm going to be traveling with is. And it's generally those chucks that I mentioned to you. Um, But that being said, the leggings really came in clutch the time I was in Bermuda. I had a bag full of like bikini shorts and tank tops. And I was, because I was supposed to be in like 85 degree weather in Martinique, told that story, plans changed, ended up in Bermuda. While I was in Bermuda though, the weather was like 65. And, um, I don't know about y'all, but I'm not in shorts in 65 degree weather, unless it's like middle of the summer. That's like July 65 is not the same as 65 in January and this was in January, but it was in Bermuda. So thankfully I did have the jeans that I wore there on the plane, but they're, you know, ripped up and you get tired of wearing the same pair of jeans. Like I'm not gonna wear the same jeans every day for a week. So thankfully I had a pair of leggings 
that I was able to wear to keep myself warm on, you know, alternate days when I just didn't want to throw on them jeans again and um, didn't want to be cold because my leg was out. Also, um, a packable jacket. I don't remember. I bought this one, I think, when I went to Alberta. I got on Macy's, ordered like a $50, $100, one of them little packable jackets that you can fold small enough. And it some, usually comes like with one of those um, bags that you can zip up and you just throw the coat in there. But it's one of the um, the down jackets. So it's a winter coat, but it's just the real flimsy ones. Let me tell you something. Other than like minus, you know, whatever degrees, 12 degrees, or even a regular like 20 degrees, positive 20 degrees, that bitch is kind of warm. I'm good. I'm also a fan of layering. So I will absolutely wear like two, three shirts and then put that on. Or I'll wear like two shirts, a hoodie, a hat, and that jacket. And I'm pretty good. I also wore that jacket layered uh, in a couple of different places in Europe. I would put that coat on first and then I would put like my cute coat on top. But I think it was one of them teddy bear looking coats, right? But it just wasn't warm, warm. It was warm enough. And so I used, I put the coat underneath and it provided for an excellent layer. And I was warm everywhere. I was warm in Norway in the middle of where it should have been fucking cold. It was Norway, y'all. That being said, since I mentioned Norway, I'll say... Warm socks. If you're going someplace cold, don't let wearing a pair of wool socks trick you into thinking that your feet ain't going to get cold. I had on wool socks. Like I had on wool socks that I bought from Norway. Like I was in the grocery store and I'm like, oh, these are cute. These are wool Oh, these is real ass wool socks. How much y'all want? This ain't too bad. Let me buy two pairs. Also, pro tip, don't throw them in the dryer. I threw them in the dryer and they are done. They're shrunk. They're gone. I won't get rid of them though, just because they're good ass wool socks. So I usually just, um, sleep in them when it's really cold. Cause they're wild tight, but sentimental reasons. I'm one of those girls, but I'm saying all that to say I was freezing. The only thing that, but the only thing that was cold was my feet. I had that jet, the packable jacket layered underneath, but I will say invest in good socks. If you know that you're going to be in a cold destination and spending any time standing still, or if you know that you're hiking someplace and it's going to be a colder area, get good socks so that you can stay comfortable throughout the whole trip, throughout the whole experience. Even if you have to um, layer your socks somehow, consider if that's what you're going to have to do, whether or not you have that pair of shoes, like that one pair of shoes that you know you could get away with two pairs of socks in versus having the pair of shoes that you know that you got to wear the thin socks with and so your feet are going to be fucking cold because you don't have anything that's there to, you know, properly insulate you from the elements. So let's see what else I got. I always carry or travel with this little um, chambray button-up, like a gap button-up. It's, um, chambray is like that denim kind of look, but it's like a washed out denim kind of thing. I love it. I always have that thing because I'm always cold. So even if I'm not anticipating wearing it, I will bring it with me if I am going out um, to explore for the day, if I'm going on a day trip or anything, because a lot of times either the bus or the train or however means of transportation you're on gets fucking cold. 
And I hate being uncomfortable. Even if I have, like, I would rather be cold and have a sweater to kind of make me feel like I'm warming up versus be stuck on a bus with absolutely nothing to put on. And I'd be damned. I don't want to put on nobody, no stranger person's coat talking about, oh, you look so, you look so cold here. Do you want my sweater or do you want my jacket? I'm not wearing this one. I don't want to have to be in that situation. So I always bring the chambray jacket and that's why I, oh, I didn't even have this one. I guess what also would be a really good addition to bring is some kind of backpack on every trip. I hate when I am going on, um, like a water adventure, if you will, whether it's going to a, um, a spa that's got like water options or a beach trip, whatever. I have done plenty of excursions that had some variation of some water involved and it never fails. Well, it doesn't fail because I learned my lesson. I always have that. I bought that backpack in Costa Rica for that reason. I was going to Arenal. Uh, no, we were going to Baldy hot springs and I forgot to have a, like a bag to put like my towel and my bathing suit. Like I wore my bathing suit under my clothes and I forgot that at some point you're going to take your swimsuit off. You don't want to sit around in a wet swimsuit. It's gross. So I don't remember what the fuck I did. I think I just used a plastic bag from like a gift shop that I bought something in or whatever. And then thankfully part of that trip's ended up being at another gift shop. So I bought a bag to put all that stuff in, but I didn't think about it until after the fact. So I always like to have some kind of backpack. And thankfully that bag is foldable. Like it's when there's nothing in there, it's completely flat. Cause it's all cloth. It's like, um, a knit backpack. So I always bring that with me so that if I'm going on a trip where I need to be able to, um, put stuff, whether it be flip-flops, whether it be water shoes, whether it be a wet bathing suit or a change of clothes, um, like a shirt or a jacket that if I know it's going to warm up later on and I don't want to wear it around my waist and I just want to throw it in a bag, I always bring some kind of backpack or bag that I can fit enough stuff in. Um, so that is very important to me to always kind of have with me just as that option, because I hate carrying things in my hands. I'm not a pocketbook kind of girl. I'm either a tote bag where I got thrown on my shoulder, a crossbody, and I only carry crossbodies when I travel, or a backpack. I really, really want hands-free. I don't want to be bothered. Uh, what else? I always ride the plane with a fleece. I had a job that one of our Christmas gifts was a fleece one year, and I was never going to wear that. I'm not a fleece kind of girl, and I especially don't want to wear a fleece with a company logo on it. But let me tell you something. That bitch warm as hell. And I reserve it specifically for traveling on the planes. I love it because it is small and lightweight without being a coat. And it keeps me super, super warm. And I know that if I do get cold in whatever destination that I'm in, that that's going to do the job. So that being said, I always travel with my fleece. It makes me feel comfortable and it's a go. Every trip, I always bring it. Whether I'm going to 90 degree weather I'm going to wear that fleece. It could be 90 degrees in New York and I got to sit, you know, like I'm not going to wear it in the fucking heat. Like that's not what I'm saying, but I always bring it with me because I'm always cold on planes. 
And I like that the fleece is thick enough that I kind of feel like I'm getting some kind of boundary between myself and the surfaces um, around me. So fleece is important to me. Water shoes, water shoes, water shoes, water shoes. They don't really look cute in the pictures when you got like this really sexy bathing suit. But guess what? Your toes will thank you. So between Cuba and Guadalupe, while grateful that I had them. So in Cuba, we had this incredible experience that I went on where we had to, part of it was wading across a river. Like I walked across, not walked on water. I'm telling you, I did not walk on water, but I walked across a river. Like we walked through the water, right? So many rocks, so many branches and the mud was just weird feeling, but guess what? I didn't have to deal with that because I have water shoes. I don't know what all's down there. Excuse me. I'm not a country girl. I don't have, you know, rough soles to the bottom of my feet. If I step on something, it's going to hurt. Not everybody has that problem. I do. I don't want to step on anything that I, I don't even want to step on things. Even if I know what they are, I definitely don't want to step on things when I don't know what they are. So those water shoes made the experience so much more enjoyable because I wasn't in pain. I wasn't thinking about what I was stepping on. When we had to step out of the, out of the river, like when we had to walk out, stepping on all the rocks and, you know, there was a lot of sharp edges and trees and there was a lot going on in the water that I did not have to worry about. I didn't have to worry about cutting feet or toes or getting stuck on anything. Just um, thinking of all the things that could have went wrong, but they didn't because I was prepared. They also played off when I was in Guadalupe. So the beach that we surfed on was perfect for surfing, but the, um, the ground in the ocean was very rocky. So thankfully I had water shoes and that made me much better equipped to focus on trying to surf as opposed to avoiding like stepping on the floor because I didn't want to step on a rock or a shell or anything. So water shoes, they ain't got to be in the picture. Crop your feet out or take them off while you're on the sand. But you rather have them and not need them than need them and not having. Uh, I'm just saying. $10 on the Amazons. Get you a pair, bring them with you. Test it out when you get there. You ain't got to wear them unless you need them. Just letting you know. And the last part for clothing, um, shades. So I bought a super cute pair in Columbia. And the only reason why I bought them was because I forgot mine at home. And I ended up buying them on the street. I think I spent like $20. They were probably like a designer knockoff, but I'm not a designer girl. So I wouldn't know when I looked at it. That being said, I could have not spent that money and just worn glasses that I have. Pro trick, you can also people watch in peace when you've got the shades where you can't see your eyes. Whenever I buy shades, I'm always... um. I always buy the ones that I can't see my eyes through just because I like people watching. I like to be nosy without being nosy. You know what I mean? Like I can watch you what's going on from over here without me having to be in your face this way. I can look right at the person in front of me, but see everything this person in my peripheral is doing, but they don't know I'm paying attention to them. I could be, you know, fake looking at my phone and I'm looking dead at this couple over here 
you know, all right, do I need to get up and move? I don't know. Y'all acting like you want to, you know, like this little argument going to turn into something else. I'm paying attention. I like, and mm, you never know. You want to, you know, watch uh, the eye candy go by. You don't want to be, you know, rude. You get a pair of sunglasses. You know, they don't have to know that you are admiring the view. So, um, I always try to buy sunglasses because especially if you're going to the beach or especially if you're hiking and walking around a lot, sun gets annoying. You don't want the sun in your eyes. And also it's easier to look for things or to give the illusion of not necessarily being lost if people can't see your eyes scanning things going around. I like that extra level of, you know, privacy. You don't necessarily know where my attention is, but I'm aware of where my attention is and what's going on around me. I like that. They don't have to be your thing. That's one of my things. So I always, always, always try to bring glasses with me. And I also try to always bring them because that's one of the things that I know that I'm going to end up buying when I get there if I don't have them. And I'd rather not spend the money on a pair of glasses that one, I don't like. Because a lot of times the only options there are shit you wouldn't wear in real life. But if you absolutely need glasses, you're going to end up wearing glasses that you don't really like. And I don't want that for you. So try to remember glasses. Um, well, shades, sunglasses, that's what I mean. Uh, last four things that I always have in my toiletry bag, other than the obvious, of course, you're going to bring sunscreen. Of course, you're going to bring deodorant, toothbrush, toothpaste, mouthwash, floss, all those things that you use normally, right? I always bring bug spray, but not traditional bug spray. I've found that bug spray is cool and all, but it, doesn't work everywhere and I've had better luck with natural um options I know I found the best bug spray in Thailand they actually had it in the hotel I was staying at so I ended up like buying four bottles and bringing them home used them all like in one or two summers um then I ended up my uncle gave me a really good bug spray but I think I used all of that up and Alternately, I have been using for probably the past two or three summers, lemongrass, essential oil. Essential oils are one of my favorite mini um, travel additions. Not only do I carry the lemongrass with me, but I also usually carry uh, lemongrass. Uh, No, I said lemongrass. Lemongrass also is a very um, energizing fragrance for me. Like I smell lemongrass and I just feel calm, but energized. Like I'm ready to do things. It's a nice crisp clean. Like it's not like a soothing, relaxing fragrance like it is for some people. For me, it's like a little hybrid mix of the two because I'm calmed by the smell, but I'm also calmed in a sense where, okay, I can really rock now. All right. I'm focused. It's a focusing, clearing scent for me. Um, but lemongrass also is um a great repellent so i tend to mix it with my i like um shea nut oil and is that the one i was using yeah shea nut oil and i'll always put uh i buy those little toiletry travel bottles you know like the containers i'll do most of it with the shea nut oil and i will put like a quarter of an inch <laughs> worth of lemongrass essential oil. I just put a whole bunch of drops in that bitch and I shake the shit up and I use that every day. That is my moisturizer. 
and it is my bug repellent. But then I will also go in with sunscreen when it's necessary. Um, I'm yet to try the lemongrass in a spray, but that is next on the list. I wouldn't necessarily want to do it with uh, like diluting it with water and spraying it out, but I am considering doing um, another kind of like an oil. Like I feel like, uh, I don't know if you can, you might be able to spray grapeseed oil because it's a little bit lighter, but I would absolutely try coconut oil. But the only catch with coconut oil is that it will solidify if it gets cold enough. So that's the toss up. Um, but I'll get back to y'all on the spray option because it's a little cumbersome and repetitive to do one layer for bug repellent and then another layer for sunscreen. Anyway, um, I always carry lemongrass oil with me because I also find that when I just apply it, it's that's also my go-to fragrance just for smelling. Like I'm an essential oils kind of girl. I don't really do perfumes and colognes. So I'll use oils. And I just love the way lemongrass smells on me also. So I always will uh, put some on as if it were a little bit of perfume, a little behind the ears and on the wrists and ready to go. Uh, next, Band-Aids. I always have Band-Aids with me. I just throw them in my wallet. So I generally have Band-Aids with me regular life as well, unless I use it or give somebody one to use. But Band-Aids are great for if you not only cut yourself, but if you're... Um, your shoes rub the back of your heels or if you just have uh like a tag or something that keeps sticking you in like your your shorts or your skirt or something you can use band-aids for a million reasons that you can fucking think of but I always have band-aids with me just because I don't know how to I don't want to ask anybody for a band-aid I I don't know I just want my own unless of course it's emergent hangnails Put that bitch right, put the band-aid right over it. Go on with your day. Uh, next I had alcohol wipes. Always have alcohol wipes for small cuts. I always throw those in there just because if I get a mosquito bite also, or, um, you know, something that I want to try to dry out, I like having the alcohol wipes. And the last thing on the list I have is peels, y'all. Every single pill that I can think of. I always bring with me Excedrin, Aleve, Tylenol, Pepto-Bismol, um, Midol, what's the one, Imodium, um, Dramamine, Benadryl, Benadryl's huge, um, Benadryl, I think that's, oh, and Neosporin, like I always have uh, like a mini, and tweezers I bring with me. So I always have like a quasi mini first aid kit. Oh, and I also bring um, a nail clipper only because one, hang nails, hate them. But two, if I need to cut the tag over something, I don't really want to have scissors because a lot of times they'll stop you in airports and they're not going to stop you for a nail clipper. So I can cut some things off as long as, you know, the orientation of it allows for the clipper to get in there, common sense. But for little things, little pinches and little, you know, cutting, um, strings off of clothes and bags or whatever, they really do come in handy in clutch. Um, in a pinch, they're clutch is what I meant to say. Uh, but yeah, it really sucks to have some sort of ailment and feel as if you have limited access to, or not be able to access 
what is going to fix your problem. In Thailand, I ended up having something was off. I didn't know if I was going to throw it up or pass it out another way. And I thankfully was able to get the driver that I was with, um, take me to a pharmacy. The pharmacist spoke English. And so she explained to me what to take. And she wrote on there, you know, cause thankfully the packet had like, you know, a little space to write whatever the directions for the pill was. But, um, you know, I actually still have this shit in the closet. I never ended up uh, taking it or I didn't finish taking everything. I think I only took like half of whatever she gave me or whatever. But all that being said, and funny thing is I had all that stuff with me, but it was in my backpack. So even though you bring it with you, make sure that you travel with it while you're out there. You don't want to have it in your suitcase and be at a restaurant and realize that, oh no, I ate the, I ordered my drink with ice and you're not supposed to drink the tap water here. And I don't know what's going on with my stomach, but I feel it. So you don't want to be, you know, an hour away from the hotel and actually need something. So I always have like a pill bottle, like an old, you know, like a small vial you get from the pharmacy or whatever. And I put like one or two of all the pills that I could need. Like I put two Tylenols, two Excedrin, two Aleve or whatever. They're all in the pill. Um, And what I will do though, is I will write on the label. Like I won't take the old prescription label off. I'll write on that label what I have in there. Um, uh, what, What was the other thing? Oh, and I also like to buy some of the medications in uh, like the two pack packets. I will go to like say Walgreens or Target and buy the small little travel packs, like the pack that you would buy at like the bodega or whatever, where they have like two or six pills in it, like the smaller version. I love buying those this way. Usually they come individually wrapped or they come, you know, dose, they come wrapped in a, in a normal dosage, right? So it's much easier to carry a packet of Benadryl or a packet of Dramamine with you and not like a vial with like 37 different pills in it. And they're looking at you like this bitch is nuts. So that's my list. And if you would like links to the items that I have listed, or if you want, um, well, I'm going to list the direct link of, if I bought it on Amazon, you're going to get that link. But if it's, if what I've listed isn't on Amazon, then I'll send you, well, not send you, but I'm going to have a link to the next best, best option that I can find. So that will be in the YouTube description box and also on the website, travelingshippodcast.com. So you can head over to, um, travelingshippodcast.com and you can get the link to the YouTube there, or you can just search traveling shit. Um, but all those links will be there in the description. So you could just go to the website and find it there. So while you're there, sign up for the newsletter. Um, you can follow me on the socials and, you know, scroll through all the past episodes and the resources that I have listed there, uh, digital downloads, uh, courses are coming soon. And for now, I want to say that it is 
just the solo travel planning course. So if you are inspired by all these stories that I'm telling, I've got a solo planning, a solo travel planning course that is available to you on the website so that you can follow my exact procedure for booking trips and book your own trip. So that is all. I hope my little anecdotes, especially at the beginning, um, have given you much food for thought and expressed to you all the different ways that travel is so much more than vacation, guys. Thanks for coming. And I will see you good folks next week. Bye, y'all.